It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. Oh, Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is day number 16 of training camp for the New York Jets at Florham Park. And so to review that, we bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's up, brother? Uh, not too much, you know, I, um, but we'll, we'll get into all the excitement that happened, but obviously gearing up for tomorrow and Saturday will be the big days. If you remember last year when it became kind of clear, like they went to practice Green Bay before the preseason game and, you know, things didn't go great out there, uh, but it was Green Bay, the, the playoff team. You, you had, uh, uh, you expected them to go get kind of smacked around. When they had that practice, joint practices with the Eagles last year, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this team is, is, is ways away. The defense specifically is going to struggle. So I'm looking forward to this practice against the Falcons with, you know, they're, they're not exactly stocked with talent here. Uh, you got Marcus Mariota out, out there, quarterback. They're not a team that should be able to come in here and just absolutely blow you away and dominate. So this will be a good measurement test to go from. So look forward for that in the next couple of days. Chris, this is sort of like the Groundhog Day test for the New York Jets. If you see the Jets fail the next two days against the Falcons, that means it's going to be a long winter for Jets fans. Just the same way that if the Groundhog sees its shadow, it's going to be six more weeks of winter in Punxsutawney. So this will be the test, and you'll be able to give us a fairly accurate assessment, I think, just like you did last year after the next two days of joint practices with the Falcons. Yeah, no, I like that. That's good, the, the Groundhog Day scenario. But that's exactly it. Again, you know, they got Kyle Pitts. Outside of that, I don't, I don't know what to, is going to scare anybody. So if the Falcons can just stroll in here and you know uh, move things and just do whatever they want, uh, or just even go like the Eagles did last year, that's going to be real bad signs. So uh, there's, a, I would think that it's going to be closer to the Jets doing that to the Falcons, and then us wondering, you know, does this actually mean anything? Because the Falcons don't have a lot of talent. Uh, I think that's most likely what I would expect and, and think to, to come here, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. One guy that the Jets will not have to defend is the player that got a lot of buzz before the draft as a possible pick for the Jets, and that's Drake London. Looks like he's going to be sitting out these practices. So like you said, a lot of attention, I'm sure, will be on Kyle Pitts. Chris, before we get into the practice that occurred today at Florham Park, though, 
There was a special visitor, a man who was delivered good news yesterday. That, of course, is Joe Klecko, good old number 73. We talked about this on the show yesterday with Nick Spano. He made the final cut for the veterans ballot. Three guys were able to make it to that last round. Klecko was one of them. Really excited to see if he gets in. He's been deserving for a long time. And as I said yesterday, Jets fans are going to have a really fun weekend next year in August if Klecko and Darrell Revis both get in together. Would be the first time in NFL history that the Jets would have had two guys go into the Hall of Fame in the same class. If, you, if you're looking to get ahead of things and plan trips, you can go ahead and probably feel pretty safe with Revis. Uh but I, I'd be banking that trip around Revis making it. Uh, I just, I, I'm going to, uh, this isn't me saying anything that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, Cause I think he does, but I just, I, I think this is one of those things that, uh, you know, even Samini who's been covering the scene forever is as big of a driver as the Klecko for hall of fame as there is. Uh, but it's a very Jets-centric take. He's been covering the team for 30 years, so he gets it. I think outside of the Jets, it just doesn't resonate the same. But it, it's definitely always exciting to have him in the building, and at least there seems to be a little bit of positive momentum going there. So, uh, you know, obviously that would be great for fans. And if you could team that up with Revis, because you got to imagine there's going to be a lot of fans who are going to want to go for Revis, and then obviously – of what uh, the older of uh, the older fans especially would want to go in for Klecko. So that could be really special. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Klecko's getting in. We're being optimistic on the show. It's gonna be Klecko and Revis. I think the fact that he made it this far to the final ballot means that he's going to get in most likely. There's going to be a big push, and he deserves it. And I think he's going to get in this time, which he should have years ago. By the way, Klecko had comments to Rich Semini, who you mentioned before. He said, quote, It's a tremendous honor. I didn't want to raise my expectations because of the past. I was hoping for the best, expecting the worst. When I got the call, I got emotional about it. My wife, she's usually reserved, but she was in the background screaming. It was a pretty cool phone call. It was quite a jubilant time for the Klecko family. I understand Darrell Revis is on the ballot for the first time as a modern era candidate. I hope he makes it. The whole place, Canton, would have a New York feel. I agree. I can't wait to go next summer after Klecko and Revis both get into the Hall of Fame because, Chris, as I said, I'm counteracting your pessimism with my optimism. But I may not be as optimistic about the Jets' offense as I am about Joe Klecko's chances of getting into the Hall of Fame based on what we saw at today's practice. Joe Flacco had a rough time at the end of practice and, in fact, had three or four incompletions in a row at the end, including an interception to Jordan Whitehead. So not the best day for Joe Flacco. He did have a touchdown pass to Tyler Conklin, who continues to impress, though. It's training camp. It's one day. Flacco has overall had a really good training camp, so you can't really get upset about it. But this seemed to be a little bit more of a comeback down to earth day for Flacco. Yeah, it just nothing looked good out there, really, for Flacco. Uh, he did a boot early in the second part of practice. Just just the running motion of it was clunky and awkward. Uh, it, it brought out the, those uh, giraffe comparisons that I remember early, from early in his career, with people doing lots of stuff with that early uh, internet days of the Flacco career. Uh, the, the throws were a little bit erratic all over the place. He was just kind of like slow-mo and lumbering around. Uh, it, it's it's training camp. Uh, 
Mike White actually looked pretty good today, though. So that's, you know, it's not like the offense was just completely inept or, or wasn't functioning at all. It was just Flacco had a bad day. Um, but that's it. This is Joe Flacco. So if you're, if you're coming here expecting perfection uh, from, I don't even know how old he is at this point, but an old, old Flacco, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. You mentioned Mike White, Chris. He and Chris Strebler targeted Lawrence Cager quite a bit. Four targets, four catches in 11-on-11s. Lawrence Cager has had a really nice camp. He did well in the preseason game, too. He's really handled that switch from wide receiver to tight end incredibly well. It's a shame that there's probably not a spot for him on the active roster, but he is really giving the Jets something to think about here. I wonder if they're able to deal him before final cutdowns. I doubt they'll be able to sneak him onto the practice squad, but he is really making a case for himself. Most most fans, even you know Jets fans, don't really know the name Lawrence Cager, but he's been here for a while. <laughs> it's been a really interesting career, and you can call it a career. It's long enough, even though he hasn't actually been playing in actual games a lot. But he's been impressing since he showed up as an undrafted rookie. Like, I remember that first training camp in him and being like, I, I forget what other, uh, what year that was exactly, because my memory all bleeds together, and what other players were on the roster that year, that receivers specifically. But I remember being like, all right, he's not making the roster, but like, they, they have to find a way to stick him on the practice squad. Um, and obviously, that's they've done that. They, he's had injuries, so they they were able to shelve him and IR him and keep him around that way. Uh, but then he, you know, he would come back in training camp. He he'd do it again, but it was injuries, not playing enough playing time. All right, not cracking the actual roster. And then they did the move to tight end, and I was just like, all right, well. I mean, I, I get the logic, but what's the chance this actually works out? And then I start seeing him make a couple plays here and there. And I'm like, oh, okay, 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 that's, that's good. But again, what's the chance this is actually going to work out? And more and more, I'm like, okay, I guess there's, there's more of a chance than I thought. It's getting closer and closer. And it's, it's at the same thing, though, where like I – Right now, this this is the deepest tight end group I've ever seen on this team. So, where it, are they going to keep five tight ends? Uh, like, I don't know exactly how they're going to do this shuffling there. I don't know what the, the receiver shuffling they're going to do, the the tight end shuffling there, and then you know the uh, a staple of the Shanahan Lafleur style running backs you tend to try to keep a lot of running backs too. You want them to split up a bunch of carries, even if you have, you know, one guy like a Tevin Camp, uh, Coleman there and he's just getting three touches a game. You, they like to do that. So I still think it's on the outside, but he, he just continues to impress and this time at a new position. Chris, the Jets have posted a video clip of Dwayne Brown in positional drills over on their official Twitter. He did not participate in 11-on-11s. He's wearing number 71 now. It's funny because 
With Makai Becton, you just notice how big he is. He's so huge. Dwayne Brown is a very big man. Anybody who plays offensive tackle in the NFL is big. But what you notice when you watch him is just how athletic he is. And Luke Grant broke down Dwayne Brown's film on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Talked a lot about how Dwayne Brown's ability to move is one of his best assets, even at the age of 37. You watch this clip and you can see it clear as day. What an incredible athlete for a man his size. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I take for granted, uh, especially uh, I've been covering this league for, you know, a, almost a decade and a half now. Um, and there's a couple of things I, I take for granted. Uh, and it's the thing mostly is, you know, most NFL players aren't that big. Like mo- most of them aren't that big. I'm I'm five eight, like I'm not a tall guy, uh, but there's very few that like are towering over me. The the imposing guys, of course, are on the line, both sides of the ball. But then you still you have the, you know, the defensive linemen get all the tags, the athleticism tags. You you still don't the you get the occasionals. You know, obviously you got the when Kevin Malai came out is such a leap over everyone else. It was like, OK, athletic, athletic. But the bulk of the guys don't get that, even though clearly they have to be like. But then when you so I take it for granted all the time about just like, yeah, 350 pound man. Yeah. Nimble. Sure. Look at how fast and quick he is. I take it for granted. But then. You see somebody that is that Dwayne uh, Brown level, and especially to see it at his age and like, okay, this is what it looks like now. What was it like at 22? Like, so yeah, it's something you cover this sport, you're close enough to it a long time, even just a fan of it, for you'll take things for granted. It's just, yeah, that, okay. But then someone comes around every once in a while and it's like, nah, nah, just smacks you across the face and forces you to remember. Chris, DJ Reed was back today, participated in 11-on-11s. He and Sauce Gardner got called on back-to-back defensive pass interference penalties, so a rough return for DJ Reed. No Quinn and Williams today. Robert Salas said he's hopeful that Williams will be back sometime in the next couple of days. As of now, Williams is thought to have an injury that's not really anything to worry about, but we've heard that before, so we'll wait and see how it turns out. You're normally 100% right to, uh, to lean into that caveat there on Quinn and Williams. Uh, I'll just I say that this time I don't think it applies. Uh, every day at practice I see him walking around and just kind of stalking around. And <laughs> he looks kind of weird because he, the way he's this big dude. He's walking around with like the jersey on and, and just like, you know, sweatpants, no pads or anything. But his shoulders are so big that it looks like he's kind of got shoulder pads on and the way he just kind of strolls around the and he doesn't have a care in the world right now he's he doesn't look even the slightest bit concerned he doesn't look the slightest bit hobbled uh i i don't think there's a single thing to worry about with this injury i think this injury uh the way they're doing it goes even beyond just playing it safe. It's just like, all right, all right he tweaked something and there was really nothing there, but whatever. Like, I don't think there's anything to be worried about here. Now, of course, doesn't mean something can't happen, but right now he, he is in, in perfectly fine shape. He could play without any issues if needed. 
Chris, at the end of practice, something fun was going on. Jeff Ulbrich and Brant Boyer, Jeff Ulbrich, of course, the Jets defensive coordinator, and Brant Boyer, the Jets special teams coach, were having a punt-catching competition with the machine launching footballs at them, and somebody was waving a broom in front of both of their faces while it was going on to distract them. They both dropped a lot. Brant Boyer, I'm sure, knows that it's a lot harder than it looks having coached this for so many years. Clearly, he's better at coaching guys in special teams than fielding the punts, but I wish I was there for this. This actually sounds like something that would have been one of the highlights of practice. Yeah, well, you know the old saying, uh, uh, if you can't do, teach, uh, coach. And, and then it's like, what is it? If you can't coach, like write about it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that applies because like, yeah, no, nobody's listened to me and coach. I, I, I can't be stricken coach either. So uh, that, I think that all works. But yeah, that's, that's how it goes um, more often than not. Uh, and it's also why like some of the best athletes make just terrible coaches. It's like really hard. I, I remember hearing a story long ago about why Magic uh, Johnson made such a bad coach when he tried. And it was just like he would try to like explain stuff to, to players. And, and it was basically just like, yeah, just go and do. Because that's all ma- it ever had to be to Magic. There was no like – he just wouldn't dig because he was so much better than so many people. It was like, yeah, it doesn't work like that with other people. Not everyone's that much uh, – there's not that big of a gap. So <laughs> Brant Boyer goes out there. He, he uh, looks like pretty much anybody else would. He's going to take some ribbing from uh, uh, his players for that. I'm sure they'll go. They'll cut up some film and, uh, and put him on the big screen for a little bit. But then they're going to get back in line because they know that they need to buddy up to him to secure their roster spot, those special team spots. Whew. Those things are valuable when you're, when you're looking to make it a roster. Robert Salas spoke after practice. He said that Zach Wilson flew back last night. He's already walking and eager to get into his rehab. When asked whether or not Wilson would play week one, Salas said if he's ready to go, he'll be the starter. If not, Joe Flacco will start. Salas said he's hopeful that Quentin Williams will return soon. He hasn't practiced this week. We talked about that earlier. Mike LaFleur spoke after practice as well. As far as the Zach Wilson injury goes, he said, the show goes on. LaFleur was also asked about Brees Hall, and he said, Hall sneaks up on defenders with that speed and size combination. On the subject of Denzel Mims, LaFleur said he's much further along with the offense and his body. He put the time in. You can tell how much more comfortable he is. Chris, I could be wrong, but as I told you before we started recording, they've talked about Denzel Mims so much, and the Jets' Twitter account has gone out of their way to highlight him to the point where I'm almost convinced they're showcasing him for a trade. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're just happy that he's performing, but I get those showcase for a trade vibes. George Fant spoke on moving the right tackle. He said it's just another hurdle. I only control what I can control. That's to be the best right tackle I can be. Said he's happy to see Dwayne Brown because the two of them became good friends when they were in Seattle, but admitted that he's not thrilled about having to move back to right tackle because from a technical standpoint, it's tough to do, but he is ready to deal with the challenge head on. Also would not comment on how this might impact contract negotiations. And then Michael Clemens spoke, (laughs) and Michael Clemens is a man of very few words, but when he speaks, you better listen to what he says. First, he was asked about the nickname that his teammates have given him, which is Debo. Of course, Debo, the character played by Tiny Lister in the movie Friday. He was asked what he thought about that nickname, 
and he shrugged his shoulders. He was then asked about the fact that he was the star of Friday's game against the Eagles with seven pressures and a sack. Was he satisfied with that performance? His answer was, quote, I wasn't. (laughs) So this is a man, as I said, who chooses his words carefully and very economically, but there's no ambiguity there. It's funny that they call him Debo, and I totally see it because he's so big and physically intimidating, but there was a Clubber Lang vibe there, too, with the one, two-word answers, because remember, right before he was going to face Rocky, they asked him, what's your prediction for this fight? And Clubber Lang said, pain. That's <laughs> what I get off of Michael Clemens, and I think there's going to be a lot of pain in store for the Atlanta Falcons coming up, too, Chris. I got mind control over Debo. When you say shut up, I'll be quiet. When you leave, I'll be talking again. Uh, but if uh, I'm also going to be staying quiet around Michael Clemens. I'm not actually going to do the take Smokey's advice there. I'm going to stay quiet around Michael Clemens. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I do not have that mind control over him. Uh, that, I, I know that for a fact. So I will stay quiet there. But yeah, the, the fan... Uh, the right tackle thing, you, I mean, you, you can understand that. You know, obviously, football fans, we, we both know, ah, shut up, take your millions. Okay, great. Yeah, okay, cool. This is really tough. It's really tough to be switching sides like that, back and forth, right tackle, left tackle. And it's one of those things that even as I'm saying it's really tough, and I admit it's, it's even more complicated than I can imagine. So if you're underselling it, I promise you it's way harder than it than that uh there's you know that is that's got to be really difficult to deal with but he's he's sitting there and then also he was sitting there lined up like okay maybe i can uh really get this left tackle money on another contract and now that so yeah you understand him not wanting to go down that road so much but yeah that's the the michael clemens thing was the highlight of uh, of the press conference for sure just everything about him but uh he he's been impressive so far you just want to keep watching him and continue chris just to expand upon the point you were making about switching sides in fairness george fant does have experience now playing right and left tackle so it's not as unfamiliar to him however when you're talking about switching from one to the other, it is like going from a right-handed stance in boxing to switching southpaw. For those that have never boxed, they may not understand how different it is and how much more difficult it is to fight from an unnatural position. It's very similar with an offensive tackle or an offensive guard on the football field. You have to switch the way that your feet are positioned. You have to switch the way that your hands are positioned. It can be very unnatural if you're going from a side that's entirely different than what you're used to, which, as Robert Sala said, is both a blessing and a curse for George Fant because it means he's versatile, but it also means that when the Jets sign a guy who's not as versatile, like Dwayne Brown, who's played his entire career at left tackle, they're going to make the versatile guy go back to right tackle, which is what George Fant is dealing with now. And as you said, Chris, obviously there's more value at left tackle, and so that might impact his potential contract value. He was smart, however, not to talk about that because there's absolutely nothing for him to gain from commenting on that right now. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, 
a very big deal. Thank you so much for coming on and breaking down day number 16 of New York Jets training camp with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out Chris's very big deal work, it's over at JetsInsider.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 breakdowns up on our channel right now, including... George Fant and Dwayne Brown so you can watch both of them and see what the Jets have in store for them at tackle this year make sure that you watch the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already again it's youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the John Franklin Myers Quinn and Williams bless you thank you shirt the Zach says go long shirt the Zach the Ripper shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's tee and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>